Yes, listeners, and welcome to Football Friends Podcast. Oh, friends! Oh, you've just heard from Justin. How's it going, Sam? Uh, I'm pretty good, mate. I'm pretty good. And as he said, I am Sam. We are two football friends. Oh, football friend! And welcome to episode 12 of the greatest new Premier League podcast of 2018. Uh, if you'd like to find previous episodes, you can find us at www.wushka.com. .au, uh, on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, where all good podcasts are found. Just search for Football Friends. Uh, we're also on social media. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram. So our Twitter handle's at underscore football friend, or one word. And on Instagram, it's football friends underscore podcast. Um, that's where you can go on, enter the weekly competition, fire away some questions which we'll look to answer on our shows and yeah just give us any sort of feedback from our show or the games or, or whatever you feel like really um we're we're pretty active socially and like to comment and interact with our friends so hit us up on there isn't that right sam yeah i've seen justin you get pretty angry at some of the heckling abuse you've been getting so i encourage people to write <laughs> in and abuse <laughs> justin as much as you like <laughs> only good things about me though we prefer it i prefer that um, all right, Justin, I hear you're in the house tonight, so I assume you've got a drink with you, mate. What have you got tonight? I do. I do indeed. It's a celebratory drink, uh, celebrating the fact that Telstra have delivered me internet, <laughs> surprisingly, with no, no no heads up that they were coming today or anything. And yeah, they've hooked us up, so it's going to be a better quality sound uh, this week, we hope, from last week where I was using... Uh, the old school 3G mobile network, but yeah, my celebratory time. drink of choice tonight, actually on the Coronas, Sam, a Ooh. friend of mine left a few, um, I think during the World Cup, I had like half a case left at, left at mine. Um, so yeah, I'm just, just getting through those now, actually. So on the Coronas here, what about you? Perfect little treat to find yourself there, and congratulations on re- resuming 21st century living. It's... Uh, the best day of your life when internet gets put in a new place. <laughs> oh, that's correct. You don't know the pain of free-to-air TV, like how good we've got it these days. The crap that these channels spit out on a nightly basis. Yeah. Oh, shout out to The Bachelor. No. <laughs> um, me, I've got a nice little Shiraz on my hands tonight. That's been a um, recovery from a pretty tough Is Aldi sponsoring us with these bottles of Shiraz? Or is this uh, a, not a tonight. Different... That was last week. Tonight, uh, Tonight's one of the wineries in the Hunter Valley. Yeah. Oh. Just north of... Branching out. Yeah, branching out. Very branching. nice. One of our fancy ones, but it's been a tough... Yeah. It was a tough weekend uh, celebrating... A friend's wedding, so uh, yeah, got to try and get back into it uh, tonight with my first drink since then. Well, it is hump day as as we're recording tonight. My show might go out Wednesday night, but yeah, it's, I've heard it's been a, a couple of rough days for you up there celebrating a good friend's uh, wedding over the weekend. So yeah, clinging you're to back life. on it, clinging to life. <laughs> All right, mate. What uh, what do we have on tonight? I think it's a usual week, isn't it, for us? What we usually yeah. cover. Yep, so we're not, not throwing any curveballs this week. It's it's the usual. So, yeah, reviewing last week's Premier League action, our favourite segment. Of, well, it's, right, it's getting pushed by the third segment, but football friend, football foe, that's that's probably a favourite. But mm-hmm. the football funny is, is really, really coming up close to being my favourite segment, Sam. And I hear you've got a story for us this week. I do, I do. It's, man, it's very nerve-wracking doing the football funny. It is, isn't it? It is. I uh, I did 
did put stuff out there to our friends on Twitter and to see if they would have anything that would beat the uh, the sari picking of his nose and rubbing it on Mourinho's jacket. But <laughs> most of the feedback I got was the, was the funniest thing you'd find in football this week. So, yeah, we'll see if your story can can top that. Um, and then after that, we'll be previewing a few of uh, next week's games. And then we'll be taking one of our friends' questions and finishing off with the multi and competition like usual. All right, that sounds bloody fantastic, mate. Let's uh, let's crack into the review of these games then. Premier League was obviously back with a bang after the Nations League break, um, opening up with Chelsea and United drawing two all. Uh, what do you think happened in that one? Yeah, look, remember this was a, a interesting discussion point from us last week, Sam. Remember. I kind of sat on the fence a bit and said I wouldn't be surprised if Mourinho got the result there. Yeah. Um, and they were seconds away from doing it, weren't they? It wasn't the way I suspected. I thought it would be a, a real bus parking job and and nicking an undeserved 1-0 win. But United played some really good football. Martial coming up with, with both goals. And then obviously, yeah, the moment right there at the death um, – the controversy at the end probably overshadows just how bizarre that goal was off the post with a save and then then knocked in by Barkley. Um, oh, that's that's the sort of Premier League stuff that just makes the whole world excited to to watch this league. And yeah, I, I feel for Mourinho because they they played pretty well there, United. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. You're right, and, and you're right. Um, I think everyone was surprised with uh, United picking such an attacking lineup. Um, for the game, you know, Mourinho was obviously even surprised that the team got leaked on the Friday. He's pretty pissed off about that by the look of it. Um, thought it was pretty interesting that Sanchez was coming off the bench. Um, mm. Martial getting two goals. This is like circa this time last year before the clusterfuck that was signing Sanchez in the first place. Um, <laughs> that's two two fingers straight at Ed Woodward for his terrible <laughs> recruitment. Yeah, yeah that, that, that signing's just... Still baffling, isn't it? Um, and what were your thoughts on, yeah, the whole the whole blow up at the end there? Um, yeah, who doesn't like know, a little skiffle? To... Who doesn't like a little skiffle? Oh, I loved it. I, I I wanted even just a little bit more to to be added to it. In the end, it was Sari's one of his assistants mm. um, who rolled Mourinho up. His name escapes me right now, but Curry. I was hoping it was. I was hoping it was an ex-employee uh, that had worked with Mourinho before, just to add even a, a bit more spice to to things. But I'm, I tend to be more so than the norm, um, a normal person would, more team Mourinho with things. Um, and, I, and I guess I am here too. I think it was pretty classless by by that uh, staff member yeah. to, to do that. So, yeah, I, I think he handled it. Well, the way that you expect Mourinho to, you know, it's all fire and brimstone with him. He's just such a passionate manager and he's he's got every reason to. I'd, I'd be disappointed and kind of worried if, if you saw him or my manager um, not react in that way. It's mm-hmm. kind of would be a real defeatist um, way of going about it. But to see him, you know, jump up and... And try and uh, imitate Rajan Rondo. Um, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's, it at least shows he still cares. So, no, look, I, I don't, I don't mind a bit of that from from Mourinho. Not so much what the Chelsea uh, employee did. 
you'd be so angry seeing Ross Barkley pour all of last season, then nick in an equaliser, like you say, off the post. Just after. It's been very good, though. Yeah, yeah, no, they, yeah, he has, it has, and they, they play well. I'll tell you what, though, that, that tunnel bust-up reminds me a little bit of a time that uh, you and old Maxi Bowls had toe-to-toe over <laughs> cleaning up some dishes in the kitchen. Back, back Your dishes, the too, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> it's questionable whose dishes they were, but uh, yeah, reminds me of something similar to that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think any um, any any anything new really from either team, other than interesting to see how um, how United lined up against Chelsea, and it'd be good to see if they mm. if they can continue that attacking intent going forward. Yeah, no, definitely will be. So who have they got? They've got coming up this week, Everton, which we'll touch on a bit later. So yeah, expect if they perform like they did at Stamford Bridge, that they, they'll be right. Maybe not right back up in that mix, but should be winning games like that at home to Everton. Mm. So on to the next game, Sam, and it was the well, the opposite, I guess, of the thriller at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> yeah. It was the South Coast derby between Bournemouth and Southampton, and I had the joys of watching this one. Yeah, you wrote as um, many notes as there were goals on this, huh? <laughs> very little, very little. So I'll, I'll hit you with the very limited uh, info to take out of this. Six hour, over six hours now without a goal for Southampton, Ooh. which sounds terrible, but when you've got Shane Long on your books, not surprising. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a long time between goals. It's a long time. <laughs> See what you did there. Yeah. I'll, I'll pay that. Uh, and took it until the 45th minute of the game to actually get a shot on target for either side. So, yeah, I'm really not playing down how shit a game this was. This was garbage. Um, <laughs> which is surprising for Bournemouth. They, they never really got going, and Eddie Howe said as much, and that's that's odd for them. They've been pretty good this season, and, yeah, they actually could have lost it at the at the death. Uh, Gabby Adini had a huge chance. He's, he had a header with an open goal, mm. and, yeah, to as the match kind of went, that header was off target. Yeah, Gabby Adini's <laughs> so certainly not in the business of scoring goals either, is he? No, no, he's. Uh, I think Gabby Adini, uh It's also translates from Italian to Shane Long or Donkey. So <laughs> <laughs> that strike force is somehow like, yeah. I don't know how these guys are getting games over Charlie Austin, but even he. Does, I think he, they're starting to rub off on him. These two. So Danny Ings, he's okay. Yeah, yeah. He started well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> not convinced. Not right. convinced better, at all. Said, better leave it at that then. Yeah, not on to kind of the, the next opposite. <laughs> We're going from one end to the other here with our game. Sam, you covered uh, Cardiff versus Fulham. Yeah, mate. Blustering game. I'm glad glad I got that this one this week. Cardiff, as many goals as many goals I've got so far this season in, in one game, so just Floodgates opened, um, and not surprising because they played Fulham, who are yet to figure out they know how to defend. Um, so I figure I may as well start with Fulham, shall we? You know, the defence yeah. <laughs> is just continuing off exactly what we've said last week and the week before that. Um, it's so poor that it could well be getting them relegated. Uh, Jokinovic, he said so many times that he knows they need to do better. Uh, they need to do better in the defence, uh, and they're not. So that's not good. Uh, the other thing, something something that I really enjoy seeing, uh, one of those sort of perverse likes in football, is when a defence is going really badly or a defender is going really badly and they get hooked before half-time. Yes, is that's it? what I said a few weeks ago. I love seeing that. <laughs> Who was it this week? Uh, my friend and yours, Callum Chambers. <laughs> hooked, hooked at half-time. 
there's got to be nothing more embarrassing in, in football, I don't think, than a footballer. And just not, not returning from the half time return, Not returning. And then you know that the question's coming straight after the match of why they got hooked. Oh, it's a tactical decision. Yeah, because he is shit. He's shit. <laughs> it's, it's a tactical. tactical change. Oh, dear. Uh, anyway, so he couldn't follow our tactics. That's could, the only tactical not, decision. Could not figure out how to defend. Um, but Cardiff, Cardiff were brilliant. Um, you know, they were playing at home. They knew to sort of try and try and attack to entertain the fans. Playing with the energy, uh, wanted to put on a show. Um, you know what's kind of weird is the last time Cardiff won a Premier League game was 2014, so four years ago, and it was against Fulham. Also, pretty weird. Really? Wow. Yeah. Contender for stat of the week. I know both of them since exit of the Premier League returned and Fulham lost again. <laughs> um, and the other shout out is to your boy Ryan Sissonyong. He is mm. the first player born in the year two thousand or sooner uh, to score a Premier League goal. Oh which, yeah, yep. And that makes me feel very, very old. Mm. No, definitely. Uh, yeah. I'm- same age as you, so I'm feeling pretty old myself. Now you brought that up. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Bad stat to bring up. I should have left that one. Should have left it at the, uh, the previous stat of the week. Yeah, sorry. Got a little excited. A little excited with stats. Took one too far. <laughs> uh, after that, we had another barnstorming game, Manchester City versus Burnley. I'm not sure. Have we covered any games apart from the draw with Wolves and the draw with Liverpool where City have not scored four or five goals? Yeah, I feel like I've, I'm just copying my own notes from <laughs> prior weeks. It's almost just, like, yeah, City did it pretty easy. Scored four or five. Could have just, been seven or eight. That's ridiculous. They're just so good. I think their goal difference is something like plus 23. Yeah, plus 23. Um, ten, 10 more than Liverpool and Chelsea. On the exact same points as Liverpool, aren't they? Yeah, same same points. Yeah, and now Chelsea yeah, have dropped that's two. Just, that's just ridiculous to yeah. be 10 goals ahead in, what, nine games? Yeah, exactly. Um, Nine, yeah, it's a goal, yeah, goal, a goal a game um, on top of a Liverpool side who's not exactly a 1-0 operator. Um, no, boy, we have been this season mostly. But, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. Um, you know who's lower than, than Liverpool is Manchester United, who are on negative one. <laughs> <laughs> 24, 24 <behind>. goals. <laughs> oh, We've got one in there. there. Zing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, uh, Burnley. Uh didn't offer so much, I don't think, no, no. Uh, which is why they're getting a lot less coverage. So Burnley fans, don't get upset at me. Get upset with Sean Dyche for setting up your team to get absolutely pumped like that. Yeah, and it doesn't help when, when a goal comes relatively early in the piece too, does it? When you go to Eddie Had. Um, yeah, yeah this is what it is. Um, you just got to hope it doesn't affect your performance in the next week. I, it's like, I, kind of, I remember saying that after, was it the Cardiff game? Maybe or Brighton, one of the two, where the side copped it, and you're just like, well, they they expected that, and yeah. they should have moved on to the next one now. So yeah, no, you're you're right. The only problem for Burnley is they've got Chelsea next, so that's not a lot easier. Mm, no, not at all. And yeah, De Bruyne is is now back too. So they've achieved all this without their uh, well, probably their best midfielder. You'd have yeah, to say um, alarming. Yeah, yeah. So they are just looking. Yeah, unbelievable this season. So who does uh, who does De Bruyne come in for? Do you reckon Silva, Bernardo? Yeah, yeah, I'd probably say that. Um, yeah, David Silva and Bernardo Silva probably see a little bit less minutes between 
them to. So yeah. he goes to kind of first choice, probably not straight away. He'll build some fitness up and and come in and take that spot. Mm. I may also see Bernardo Silva move kind of in the three behind the striker a little bit more. Um, mm. Yeah, look, it's a great luxury to have, isn't it? Yeah, they can just keep rotating between them all. Um, another game with fewer goals was Newcastle hosting Brighton. How did Newcastle get on? They finally get some points? Uh, no, they didn't. Oh, it's a six yeah. straight home defeat for oh, Newcastle. Oh, six. <laughs> Jesus. And Mike Ashley's been to the last four games too. So, yeah, I'm not sure. He, he kind of stayed away for most of the last season. And, yeah, he's come back and not, not much to uh, enjoy there at St. James's Park. Um must be said that Matty Ryan, Australia's own number one keeper, uh, yeah, he was probably man of the match, keeping the clean sheet there. So they weren't they weren't creating nothing at all, um, Newcastle that is. But mm. yeah, they just we said at the, at the beginning of the season they had a tough start, and I think you were a bit bullish on you know they were looking all right under Rafa and yeah. a bit of your your Rafa man love uh, shining through, saying <laughs> stick with them, and I said oh, they. They're just I just don't see that they'll be able to turn this around and turn into a a good team just because they're playing easier sides and and that's that's what's happening here. They're just not good enough. Um, mm. And I think what sums up their season so far was uh, Hossel who had a late shot at goal which hit the corner flag, <laughs> which is never a good sign. He was probably aiming for it, to be when fair, probably a cracking shot. Well, <laughs> yeah, when your main striker is hitting the corner flag, it's um, not going to be a positive sign for your, your attack. And I think no. they're, they're probably joint worst, if, if not worst, attack in the league um, up there with almighty Huddersfield. Yeah, I mean, the only time I can think of them scoring goals is the two in the first 10 minutes against United, and then they managed to cave in that game too. But um, mm. you're right, mate. I think bullish was the word you used, and I think you're right. I really did think Newcastle were going to pull it together after they weren't getting battered by the good teams, but it just appears they've just got no ability to yeah. move forward I think forward they were just all. limiting the damage, and they don't actually have any attacking weapons at all, um, yeah. which I think puts them as kind of a, a, a probably, I'm almost saying even equal with the, the Cardiffs and the, the Huddersfield now. Uh, probably mm. ahead of Huddersfield, but probably equal with Cardiff in, in that bottom bottom spiel. Um, yeah. If you can't score goals, you're not going to stay up. No. No, probably not. Not if you can't. If you cannot score a single goal, then you're probably not going <laughs> to stay up. Yeah. That's an insightful commentary for your fans. Yeah. There's, uh, <laughs> there's my Michael Owen moment of the season. <laughs> Maybe we'll get Michael on the show. He can provide us some real <laughs> thoughtful stuff, I'm sure. <laughs> um, all right. West Ham versus Spurs, mate. Obviously, I'm, you, you must have seen this one. Another low-scoring affair this week. Yeah, look, this was a real, uh, I felt, danger game for us um, mm-hmm. in West Ham's Cup final. And... Yeah, it was much of the same. Like we say with City, it's more of the same with Spurs. Pretty average again. Um, but we're getting results. We're equal with Chelsea and Arsenal who, you know, you just would think are flying by at the moment. But it's mm. it's just so stuttering, our performances. And, um, yeah, what to thank for our captain, Hugo Lloris, pulling off a couple of really good saves. But it's another three points in the bank. And, yeah, we're... What two points off the top of the table after nine nine games? Um, 
special mention to to uh, yeah, I'll do it now and I'll do it again later. Uh, <laughs> to Eric Lamella with his seventh goal in the past nine games. It was wow. yeah, really really good bit of play, surprisingly by Sissoko to set him up. And yeah, Lamella popped up with a good little run and a nice header to to put us one nil up. And yeah, we held on from there. Mm. And West Ham impressed by them. Um, yes and no. Improve, have they been improving since the weeks? Yeah, they, they, they've been all right. Like, I don't think they're, they're not going to be anywhere near the relegation zone. But big concern for them was Yarmolenko, who went off kind of under no challenge at all. And it turned out it was what uh, many first thought was a ruptured Achilles tendon. So he's out for probably six of the rest of the season. Oh, wow. Um, with that, which is a big blow because he's, he's looked all right. Um, he's, yeah, he's been great. A couple of games to get going, but... He's looked okay recently. Um, he was even a football friend one week. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a highlight of many careers. So, yeah, exactly. Um, no, it must. Yeah, he, so he's gone, and I don't know if you've seen some of the footage. And there's been stories around of Anatovic, who's been carrying a bit of a knock. Um, he was he was dangerous. He got in some good spots at times, but yeah, I think he might be carrying something and, and having to play. Um, more minutes than, than his body would, you know, or should be playing at this stage. But, yeah, look, they're, they're doing all right. Um, they're, they're unlucky not to – they were the equal of, of Spurs out there. Um, so they were unlucky to, to walk away with no points. Mm-hmm. And then next up we had – oh, you you cover this one off uh, – Wolves and Watford. Yeah, so Watford, surprisingly, I think it's surprisingly getting away with the victory there. Um so Watford won two 0 They got two goals in a minute, and then that was that was them pretty much. Um, no, they were Watford were impressive. Uh, goals were well taken. Uh, had quite a few injuries and suspensions. So Dini injured, Cavasale uh, and Holabas both suspended. Um, mm. And it was weird. It was one of those games where often you know you see if this happens to the Liverpool's or the the Spurs, if you had three top main players like that, that it really it really breaks the stride of the team. But it brought like that freshness to to Watford that had been missing in the last few weeks after their after their good start. They had a bit of a stutter. Um, so that I think will have been really pleasing uh, for them to to get that to get that win. Um, and Wolves, you know, it's a funny one. Normally, you'd lose two 0 to Watford, and you might think panic buttons. But you know, Wolves have played so well up until now, and the fans were still there at full time, chanting. The players were okay. Uh, Nuno after the game, sort of saying, you know, this is one of those days; it's going to happen. Um, it's such a funny thing to be watching teams, a team like Wolves that have come from come from the championship, coming up. They've obviously got a destination that they have in mind that's not surviving relegation. You know, they want to do better. And it's interesting to see the early stages of, you know, this sort of journey they're on where they where they get to improve and just enjoy the ride before there's all that pressure on them to perform. And if you don't make top six, someone's getting sacked and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, they're enjoying their time in the Portuguese sun. Now, that's, that's a good summary of... Where both sides are at, really. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if this is going to be the thing now with Watford, where I, th- I find them a real interesting case of they're so up and down in previous seasons, and then they started so well here, dropped off. Looked like it was going to be one of those years again where 
they completely fall away. But to to go to Wolves, who have been we've been really impressed by, and and to to get a two 0 win there um, mm. is very very impressive. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. All right. I think most fans have probably been waiting for Huddersfield versus Liverpool, so let's give it to them. <laughs> I'll leave this one to you. I, uh, I'm sure you've got many. I try and limit my Huddersfield watching to twice a year. <laughs> oh, yeah, my enthusiasm probably true. took you back a little bit there. No, I know you watch <laughs> Huddersfield every week. Come on now. Um, yeah, Liverpool, Liverpool like Spurs. They snuck another win. It wasn't that we played badly, though. Um, the attacking build-up was good. Um, it was just a poor final ball. Uh, Klopp alluded to that after the game. I think that's probably to be expected. I don't think Sturridge, Salah and Lalana have ever played as a front three together. Um, so it was good that they were they were able to do that. And Firmino came on later, but that didn't really matter. Uh, the goal itself was outstanding. I think Gomez, for some, for some reason, probably because he's 21, is getting all the praise for his defence-splitting ball into Shaqiri. Um, two touches and then through to Salah, who took no touches. Uh, and got a good finish, good finish into the corner. Um, Huddersfield played pretty well. Uh, they were, they were, we were pretty lucky to get away with with the points. Um, they hit the bar, and they certainly should have been given a penalty for Milner's handball. I'm not sure if you've caught that or not, but mm, um, yeah, yeah, it was it was certainly one of those ones you would expect to be given more than more often than not. Uh, so yeah, Liverpool I think really snuck away with it, and that's not the first time this season I think we've been lucky to get away with the win. Um, not that we played poorly, but it's one of those games that we did not take our chances. Should have scored more, didn't, and then when you usually end up dropping points. Yeah, and what about the uh, the injured group? Was it true? Could have been more than three uh, from the international break. Who played? Who didn't? And what's the the diagnosis there for those who didn't play? Yeah, so Van Dyke has injured ribs, has for the last few weeks, but is playing through in injections. I'm not sure how it works, whether you can just play through inject with injections until it's healed, or if this is just going to be injections for the rest of the season. But um, anyway, so Van Dyke's playing. Uh, Salah, Salah was back playing. Uh, Firmino was on the bench, just rested. He was tired, so he didn't start. Uh, Mane's broken finger, but should be back probably even for Champions League this week um, against uh, Red Star on Thursday morning or Wednesday night over in Europe. Um, so all in all, everyone's everyone's doing much better. Um, yeah, just Cater and Henderson are the two that will are still not back come this weekend. Yeah, I think with Van Dyke, what they'll do is they'll probably jab him up for the important games that he needs to play between now and the next international break, and then he'll probably get his little little break then um, and it should heal up with a couple of weeks of rest um, and we know that, that Klopp wouldn't mind uh, any excuse he can do to, to pull some of his stars out of international football he'll be doing that um, in November. Yeah, I wonder if they heal though. Any football fans out there if there's any physios. Any any doctor friends that we have or physios yeah. let us know. Whoa, don't drop those glasses. I know that everyone's excited about talking to us, but uh, hold the glasses. <laughs> just, just chaos in here. <laughs> yeah, let us know if uh, corduroy, corduroy injections let you heal bones or not. <laughs> um, all right, up next we had Everton versus Palace, Justin. Yeah, so I, I got the uh, joy of watching this one Monday morning. And look, the basic story of this is, well, two stories from this is Palace and that god-awful attack. I think it 
It's my biggest frustration is teams who have just absolute shit strikers. Mm. Uh, Can't imagine who you're saying that about in Crystal Palace's team. Crystal Palace, like seriously, what is going on there? (laughs) Um, I don't know, Sorloth, Benteke. If they got Jordan Ayew there as well, it's just like, oh. How about signing a striker who's actually half decent? Come on. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we're talking Huddersfield with Potra and oh, the Southampton guys. And, uh, <laughs> You're Hustle just getting Luke. depressed. <laughs> oh, why are we doing this, Sam? Why are we doing this? <laughs> uh, the, you asked me to. You asked me to the, do this. The more positive <laughs> side of things is Marco Silva and his substitution, Sam. <laughs> uh, there we go. There we go. Like this is the sort of day. Like um, I, I play a bit of football manager from time to time, and this is when you'd have a real like uh, Conor McGregor strut back into your little <laughs> coaching headquarters on the Monday, wouldn't you? This is what you like, do into the bedroom after a good game. Yeah, good game I just strut in there at three a.m. playing for four more hours than I was meant to, and just strut in. He brought on Lookman, who gets the assist for the first goal. He brought on Calvert Lewis, uh, who scored the first goal. And brought on Chink Tosin, who scored the second goal in a mm. 2-0 win. That is mm. just absolute gold from the manager. So, yeah, well done to him and, and well done to those three players mentioned, obviously. Mm. Um, and, yeah, good result for, for Everton. Pickford with a penalty save. Uh, got the crowd up and about. And, mm. yeah, took took too late to get those goals. And, yeah, Everton come away and continue their good good piece of form. Um, yeah. And like you say, Silva gets just straight in like McGregor. And, and Roy Roy just does not make changes. Max Meyer doesn't even get a game, and he's probably the best Palace midfielder. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's, it's – oh, we, we both were over in England when he was England manager. And, yeah, let's just say the less said about that spell, the better. Um, I've never heard a guy being – like said in the same sentence as Roy Hodgson studying the ship before, and it's just I don't see what he's studying. So well, he, he got them survival, but uh, you got to have a bit more ambition than to go into a season with someone like him, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd hope so. Um, I'd hate to have ever gone for a team who hired him as their full time manager. <laughs> um, <laughs> I see what you did there, and I'm not going yeah. to take the bait. Fuck. <laughs> what a fun time Ooh, that would have been with him and Paul Konchesky. Mate, it's um, so dark. Onto someone a little less dark in terms of probably more dark in skin colour, but less dark in <laughs> prospects. A little irrelevant, probably, but sure. <laughs> uh, Andre Gomez, who got his first appearance uh, for Everton, uh, he's on loan from Barcelona, and he was he was okay. Um, he actually came off for one of those subs, but it's not his fault. He was, he was obviously getting some match fitness up and it'd be interesting to see how he goes. Pretty highly rated before joining Barcelona and it just kind of career kind of stagnating a little bit over there. And yeah, this, this loan move could be good for him. Yeah, it's Everton under Silva, a good attacking minded team for anyone like him should be good, right? Yeah, you'd think so. Um, and just minutes playing regularly, I think, was his issue. I don't think it's his his ability as um, that's come into question. Maybe it's his ability to be at the best of the best. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he just needs to be playing. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. And uh, final week of the game, fans, was uh, earlier this morning? Was it this morning? 
Uh, or, or final game of the week, as some people would put it, Sam. Yes. <laughs> final week of the game. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it at that. You, maybe you yeah. can listen to this one, mate. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Arsenal-Leicester. Um, and it's another win for Arsenal. It's up to 10 in a row now for Emery and the Gunners. And 3-1 here. And it was actually a pretty entertaining and even game uh, for the most part. Mm. And the substitution of bringing Aubameyang on... Uh, Changed the game massively for Arsenal. I think well, I'm not sure who the Leicester player was who, from a corner, hit the crossbar mm. um, just moments earlier. And yeah, it always tends to happen, doesn't it? When when a side goes away to one of the big six, they have these little chances here and there to, to take the lead or go two up. Um, don't take them, and then that bit of quality from the opposition shines through and. Um, that's what happened here with, with Arsenal getting the, the second goal and then not long later finishing it off with the third. Yeah, mate, and you're right, that little bit of magic for Arsenal came in uh, the shape of Mesut Ozil, who was just outstanding, I thought, um, in this game. You know, there was games like this where he doesn't need to do any any of the defensive work and he has some time on the ball to, to, pick, it, to pick out his passes and he's just absolutely unplayable. Um, he was good. You know, it's been back on to Arsenal with their 10 wins. Liverpool haven't managed since 1990, Spurs since 1960. So although half of them have come against teams in the Europa League that you can't pronounce, it's still a pretty good, is, yeah. it's, it's still a very good effort. So some humble yeah, pie, a small slice of humble might, pie, but humble pie for well, football friends. Some of them probably count as half wins when you're playing Karabag and Azerbaijan <laughs> yeah. and sheep farmers from Belarus. <laughs> well, you know. Not all wins are equal, as they say, Sam. No, but they're still kind of three points. So, anyway, they, they, I'll have they. a small slice of humble pie for now. <laughs> um, I won't be. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. All right, at least you're honest about it. At least you're honest about it. Uh, all right, that's it, Justin. That's us. We've recapped all the games. Another good week. Another good week down. I think it was a little tough yeah. for us this week. You know, you were obviously struggling there in uh, third world. In 1974. And, yeah, 1974 <laughs> and me me off with my mind on other things. Um, <laughs> but nevertheless, let's, let's move on to, as you alluded to earlier, one of our favourite segments, the weekly football friend and football foe. So Justin and I pick our best and worst player of the week. Justin, have you got any awards to dish out? Yeah, look, I'm... I'm- Suffered here. I'm going to be biased, and I'm going with Eric Lamella. (laughs) (laughs) Shameful. It's been a tough week. I had no internet, so I'm just going with the heart (laughs) on this one. Um, I will bring up a contender for equal. I'll rival your your stat of the week from earlier. Um, Mm. It's Lamella's seventh goal in his last nine games, and that's the same amount as Jack Wilshire in the past ten Premier League seasons. (laughs) So we've even managed one. Sing. I'm still getting my Jack Wilshere jobs uh, in there. So, now nah, look, just a bit of perspective on on the, those two players of different levelling of, you know, the football friend and football foe universe. So, well done to Eric Lamella. Um, and then my foe is the Chelsea fans giving uh, Mourinho stick mm. after after full time and. And he's waving his, his three fingers in the air. And yeah. look, this guy's the guy who made your club not just, well, it's unfair to say relevant, but, mm. you know, a superpower, really. Yeah. You know, they're relevant Successful. under Henry But, yeah, they a superpower. Like, mm. they were one of the biggest sides in England, if not the biggest side, when he was in charge 
in those Abramovich years uh, with Drogba and the like, you know, just you'd think there'd be a little bit more respect shown. Um, he, he didn't walk out on them, did he? He got sacked. Mm, got sacked. And they, and they were upset about it, right? There was the three rats. Mm. Yeah, so, you know, this isn't a guy who halfway through a season walked away from a job and went across to a rival in United. He got sacked. Mm. So, yeah, I just think it's a little bit, um, yeah, just shallow-minded. Narrow-minded from them. We got these are the same people who who cheer Ranieri. Like mm. that, that guy did nothing for you compared to Mourinho, and, and you're going to give him crap for what having a little bit of a bad run and, and losing his job and taking another job. Like, come on, mm. that's just just nonsense. So, yeah, Chelsea fans, including you, FBL Mick, um, <laughs> especially <laughs> you, FBL Mick. Especially <laughs> you. This is all for your Ryan Fraser. <laughs> He, he wants me to stop uh, having a go at him for Ryan Fraser jobs. <laughs> I should also be fair to Mick and say he actually agrees with me on this and, and thinks it's uh, unfair that and disrespectful of, of Chelsea fans to to be doing that to Mourinho. Hmm. Well, I think and yourself? A, yeah, that, no, that was a, that's a bloody good shout, I think, on the Chelsea fans. Uh, like you said, I was actually thinking about it myself the other week about um, – Players or clubs and their most successful managers and what they what they would mean to the teams. You know, you got Bob Paisley for Liverpool, statues out the front. Sir Alex Ferguson stands named after you. Chelsea, who presumably in hindsight will eventually think similar of Mourinho, and they're booing him and giving him mm. grief in the ground. It's it's crazy, really. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. All right. Uh, mine. My my football friend for the week uh, is, as I said earlier, Mesut Ozil, um, best player in the Premier League this week. Uh, well taken goal, two well taken assists, no photos with any Turkish presidents, and so I think that's a good good, good week. <laughs> yeah. For that's a very good week. Very good week. <laughs> so I think I think as I said, put the little little football friend cherry on that cake for him. I'm I'm happy to do that for him. Uh, my football foe, I've also mentioned earlier, and I think he's been my football foe before, is uh, Fulham's manager, Jokonovic. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I cannot fathom. You know, It really pisses me off when managers are incapable of organising a defence. Roberto Martinez was like this. Brendan <laughs> Rodgers ended up being like this. When you know a team can't defend, do something about it, like tighten them up, make you a little, little bit less susceptible to being broken against or bring players in tighter, be a little bit more narrow, but just seems absolutely have have no idea. And when you keep on picking challenge chambers and pulling them off the field, it's not it's not gonna help. So. Uh, it's like the yin to my yang here. Your 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 pet hates defences who don't know how to defend and mine teams who sign strikers who are absolutely shit out. So I think that's what makes this show work. You're right. And so I don't know Mike, if they don't know how to defend, they don't know how to defend. they're not gonna if you sign these guys like I don't know. I just don't know. I, I get like it looks even worse now and they, they can't be conceding four goals mm. to Cardiff. Mm. Um but at the same time, I don't know if, if they'll get the results with this this group that they've got or the style that they play. Certainly not the style it. they play. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, um, but yeah I, don't, I don't know. I just yeah. think they're, they're just going to go for it every week, aren't they, and, and just hope that <laughs> just it clicks. And, that's probably, that's actually probably what he's doing in the changing room. He puts his little tactics board up and he's like, 
Oh, guys, I don't know. I think we're just going to have to roll the dice here. Uh, Mitrovic. <laughs> hope you score three before they score one. <laughs> and then I hope, Callum, you don't fuck everything up for us in the, in the meantime. Yeah. That's uh, not a bad shout at all when you concede four goals to uh, Bobby Reed and co. <laughs> oh, God. Terrible to even hear. <laughs> Terrible to hear that. Uh, all right, mate. Footballing funny of the week. Um, yep. Now we've I've got this one. Got a bit of a caveat on this one. I did not know about the old picking of the nose and then flicking it onto Mourinho, <laughs> which is outstanding. Well, he didn't. He didn't flick it. It was more his finger had gone to his nose, and Mourinho had come over and he'd put his arm around Mourinho with the same hand that had just been up his nose. This so. is after the game, is it? After the game, yeah. So he's After, little snot- might have been, I don't know, actually. It could have been before. The old snotty sleeve Mourinho. That's his new. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, no, this one, uh, this story comes from a little further afield. It is in-game, though. It is in-game. And it has happened before. I think you'll recall it once you hear the story. Um, I was having a chat this weekend with uh, some football friend, Colombian correspondents, Stu and Marta. So shout out to them for the story. Um, over in Medellin, uh, Atletico Nacional. Uh, played hang on, do we have uh, do we have broadcasting rights to be talking about what goes on in Medellin? Or <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, I'm sure they. Are can... we being sponsored by Medellin? I hope. <laughs> We'll have to work it out after after we go live. So we'll tell them how many listens we've got to uh, <laughs> work out a work out a little system after that, perhaps. Yeah. But to Medellin Derby was on. So you got Atletico uh, Nacional playing out a goalless draw against Deportivo Cali. So these are the two best teams in the Colombian mm-hmm. league. Uh, Nacional have a guy called Lucimi playing for them. Uh, he's the best player in the Colombian league by far. He's like the Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, but he's also the biggest dickhead in the league. Also a little <laughs> bit like Cristiano Ronaldo, so not totally uncommon. Um, but so much so that his whole team hate him, right? He's always like sort of screaming at them for not giving him the ball. So I think there's always pretty high tensions between him and him, him and his teammates anyway. Anyway, nil all, uh, Nacional get a free kick and, uh, and one of Lucimi's teammates, Dario Moreno, picks up the ball. You know, he's going to take it. He settles it. He's like, yeah, I got this. Um, Lucimi, thinking he should take it because he's the best, gets real pissed off about it when Lee Bowyer on him and did a massive out of nowhere headbutt. Uh, <laughs> sort of missed him a little bit and got him in the side of the face slash of the neck. Uh, so a poorly judged header, but uh, but yeah, not a great not a great thing to do to your teammate. Uh, he managed to get a red card, obviously on the spot for for that, so he gets sent straight off. Uh, and then the the next day, um, Nacional came out and said they've t- terminated his contract. Oh shit! <laughs> I know. <laughs> so he's out. He must be an absolute dickhead. Like, I know. The, <laughs> I know. For the club to sack him at the end of it. Yeah. I'll um I'll try and get on Twitter after the show and and retweet or find a gif or something of of that footage. It that sounds uh, sounds unbelievable. Yeah, there is plenty of footage. It is pretty funny. It's it's good just to see him lose the plot before he headbutts this guy. <laughs> Outrageous. Outrageous. Oh, fantastic stuff. So, yep, shout out to our football friends. Who is it, Stu? And Marta, our Colombian football friends correspondents. Yeah, Colombian <laughs> football friend correspondent. <laughs> on top of all things, Colombia. Uh, <laughs> on and off the field. Or, and, uh, yeah, thanks for that. And just for all our friends out there, just fire away. Uh, we, we do capture 
most of what goes on in the world, it has to be said. Uh, but, yeah, we love to, to hear bits from our correspondents out there watching the Colombian League or watching the Peruvian League. If something happens there, just fire away. Yeah, Shoot we're, through to one of us. And we're not, um, you know, we're not... Uh above anyone here are we just i mean i'm happy for a five-a-side story if someone wants to tell me they uh yep. if they punch someone in the face not that we condone violence here but if you've got footage of it we want to see it yeah 100 percent. that's what we're all for <laughs> <laughs> not sure i should have endorsed that but ah, we'll go. <laughs> i think you'll go with it um all right mate that was that was that was the story so what of uh what's what games are in store for next week yeah so we've got a got a couple of big ones um here I guess the biggest game of the week's Monday night, Tuesday morning, our time, Spurs hosting City. Mm. Um, it's going to be an interesting game because it's it's at Wembley again. Um, there's an NFL game on the Sunday at Wembley. So this pitch could be an absolute nightmare um, come Monday, which will yeah. help Spurs because anything that can disrupt Man City's passing game um, is needed. And... Yeah, look, maybe we'll just go a bit old school and try and kick the shit out of them because if we try and play them at football, <laughs> it's not going to end well, I'm afraid. So, And, and yeah. as you mentioned earlier, it's crazy because if you think if Spurs win that game, you go top of the table, right? I mean, if Liverpool uh, lose. Yeah, if Liverpool don't... Uh, if Liverpool lost City and you beat City, you'd go you'd go top. Yeah, but then also Chelsea and Arsenal oh, okay. win their, their games, so they'll join us. Still amazing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if Liverpool win, they'd go top. But Still crazy. We'd be start. yeah, we'd be ahead of City. Like mm. if we win that game, there's a big chance that Man City, after all this, you know, we uh, we can't think speak highly enough of them. Um, mm. They could be fifth, mm. and you know, all because of a, a chopped up NFL pitch. Um, <laughs> he's hoping. Yeah. But go Tennessee Titans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know who's playing to be no honest idea. in the NFL, but no <laughs> uh, yeah, look, that's that's the biggest game for me. Obviously, we talked a little bit earlier about Everton and United at Old mm. Trafford. Mm. Uh, how do you think United will go there? Yeah, the big question is how much will how how tired will United be after um, after their game against Juventus? It's obviously a big game for them. Um, be interesting to see. How they pull up Everton. Everton, I think, you know, I don't think they would ever sit back. So I think they'll be coming out at them. So it'll be interesting to see if United stick to this attacking formation, which uh, I I don't want them to. But I think it's their, you know, it's the best the thing that their fans I think would want the most. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how that would go. I mean, I, I expect a United win, but I think it'll be an entertaining game. Yeah, no, it should be. And you see yeah, the pressure whenever they they being where they are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the table, any drop points now really ramps up the pressure on uh, Mourinho. Yeah, and I, I think one other game that I caught my eye was Brighton at home to Wolves. Uh, Brighton with another win this weekend. Wolves losing. Uh, can Brighton continue the momentum? Will Wolves wobble continue? Will that change things if they did? If mm. Wolves did keep losing? So it'll be an interesting game to see how it plays out. Yeah, keep an eye on that one. That's, that's true because... Yeah, generally Wolves have, have turned it around when they've you know, had a little hiccup. So mm. be interested to see what they do after losing at home. Yeah, yeah. All right, Sam. So up next we've got our uh, football friend question of the week. Oh, yeah. So, Mate, you're sifting through the fan mail over there. 
you can hear that. Sorry about that. No, uh, no, it's good. No, it's good. It's piling up, piling yeah. up, piling it up. Here at we have Football Friends HQ. Yes, that's correct. And our question of the week comes from our competition winner from last week, FPL Lewis, mm. who who asked our thoughts on why owners haven't been as quick uh, with any sackings this year. We've gotten through now to. It's a late October, probably going to be into November. I can't remember when the the first round of sackings uh, was last season. But uh, Deboa got done any... after about four games last season. Didn't yeah, they? where they did they, they lose every? He hadn't scored a goal. Didn't and, score yeah. a goal. Yeah, yeah, and he was he was newly appointed too. But yeah, have you had any thoughts on on why uh, why you think that's the case there? Yeah, uh, firstly, bloody good question, FPL Lewis. I hadn't thought of that before. But um, if you look yeah, at the I did ta- just I did kind of spring this right on you. No, that's good. I like that. I like that. I like that. No, I mean, I, I, to me, I think the answer is if you look at the people at the foot of the table, they're the ones who usually get the itchy feet first. You got Newcastle, Huddersfield, Fulham, right? Newcastle and Huddersfield know that they cannot get better managers, and they've got current. Currently, right? They're not going to get better than Benitez or Wagner in their teams. Um, Fulham's a bit of a curious one because it's just hard to tell. They did so well last year. Are they doing bad yet? It's not. It's, they're on five points, so they're equal on 18th. So it's not like they're they're too far gone. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's a big reason why no one's been sacked yet. I do think it's crazy that uh, Mark Hughes is still in, in his post. I still expect him to be the first one sacked. Because uh, they are god awful, um, yeah. So I, I think mainly the, the answer is because the teams at the bottom um, can't do big, can't get better managers than they've <laughs> got, uh, and the teams that should be sacking their manager like Hughes are doing uh, what teams like Stoke did last year, and perhaps holding on too long when they should be pulling the trigger. Okay, no, interesting. Yeah, I I do agree. Um, large part on that the piece around those those teams at the bottom. Um, and then, yeah, when I kind of saw this question, it got me thinking, and obviously we're, we're based down here in Australia and, and what's been happening locally in our, in our major sport down here in the AFL in recent times is teams have, have traditionally kind of been like that too where, you know, a poor start to a season or after a poor season, the coach the first person to go. But in recent times here, uh, both Richmond and Collingwood have had real poor seasons and everyone expected the coaches to be sacked straight away, but the the board stuck fat with the the guys that they had appointed a few years earlier, mm-hmm. and both sides made the grand finals the following year. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, a lot of it kind of goes to this um, management philosophy of you, they put clubs and organisations put so much effort into the hiring process mm-hmm. relatively recently. Like we're talking four or five years, most of these managers max have been in. Um, why kind of start again? If you believed in what you, the process and project that they were going to deliver mm. um, when you hired them, unless they've lost a playing group, fallen out, been unprofessional, you've still got to believe in that process. Why, why should the coach now be the one to go if you've decided that, no, nah, that's that process. You're the one that's stuffed up. You believed in it and bought into what they've told you they're going to do. Yeah. If they're in the process of doing that and have had a few hiccups, you've got to stick with it. Um, and I think, yeah, more, more questions have to go onto the boards themselves if they're, they're hiring and firing. I know Daniel Levy used to do that quite regularly with Spurs. And I, I kind of felt for, for a lot of those managers who, who kind of he just 
shafted really mm. quickly. Um, you've hired these guys. You like what they're doing. A few little things go wrong along the way. What Does that not count for anything anymore, what you believed in when you hired them? Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's that's maybe a part of it. Maybe owners and, and boards and like and chairmen are, um, are learning that you don't just get instant kind of gratification out of hiring and firing all the time. Buy into and believe and have a thorough process when you're hiring them in the first place and, and follow through with it. Until it gets to, I'd say, the critical time is mid-January. I think you need to make the call there where you're going to sack a manager, give a new guy a go in the transfer window if you're in, like, um, not in a qualification spot for a Champions League or you, you might be struggling for to save off relegation. Mm. Do it then. But now, you know, it's nine games in. It's 10, 12 games in. Why, why do it? Um that being said, my, my tip's still Mourinho. I think he's he's clinging on um, to that job and one or two bad results in a row, like they lost to Juventus this morning in the Champions League. Not disgraceful, but, you know, a loss Very or a draw against... Very poor performance, though. Poor performance, but if they were then to back that up with a loss to Everton and then I'm not sure who they got the week after, I think he's all he is is two to three bad results in a row from losing his job. So he could go at any point. Um, and then, yeah, I'd, I'd say probably Rafa's closing in. He's probably next in line for me. Um, Ashley, you know, going to games, six home defeats in a row. I don't see it happening too soon, but maybe Ashley might might feel the, the pressure of um, relegation come December, January and, and bring someone in and, and maybe even give them a bit of funds to, to do something with to protect his asset, which that's how he sees the club. And, yeah, them being in, in the Premier League's the be-all and end-all, he might actually spend some money with a new manager, mm. which is disappointing, obviously, for Rafa, who's a good manager. But they're the two that I could see going um, in the next month or two. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it, it, good shout you're saying about um, clubs perhaps looking at um, at a bit more stability these days because that's an interesting idea and yeah maybe they are it's a it's a good idea we'll have to we'll have to try and get um, FSG on the phone and see if John W Henry is happy to chat about uh, his plans for Klopp <laughs> in Liverpool. <laughs> All right, Sam, it's time for the uh, infamous weekly multi and competition. Ooh. Unfortunately for our good friend FPL Lewis last week, we were didn't uh, get the chocolates with the multi last week. We had, um, I think we had five legs and we got three out of the five. So we're let down in the, the lower divisions. Um, but... Onwards and upwards, they say, and I think we'll we've got a, a nice, a bit of a bit smaller uh, prize pool, fifty dollars for our friends up for grabs this week. Okay, um, but I'm a lot more confident on these five results. So, what would you like me to start with, the question or the uh, the legs of the multi, Sam? Mm, I think so. We've announced the last one. I think announce the competition and then okay. do the quiz. Then so the, do the quiz. And then do the year. Uh, right. We will do as such. And so our question this week is, and to answer the questions, just we'll, I'll put up a, we'll be putting up posts on Instagram and uh, Twitter. 
announcing the when the cutoff is for answers and, and what the question is. Um, what you have to do on or for the Twitter side of things is retweet our um, new episode tweet with the correct answer in your retweet and you'll go into the running to win $50 um, thanks to our good friends at Sportsbet. Um, <laughs> not, our um, Colum- not our Colombian correspondents. No, it'll be a few more zeros added to it if, <laughs> if we get that on on, uh, on board. But, yeah, so basically just retweet on um, on Instagram, on, yeah. on Instagram, on Twitter, um, our new episode tweet with the right answer. And then how, how do you suggest we do this yeah, so for the our post Instagram we'll friends? On Instagram, we'll be putting up that it's competition time and just comment on that post. Uh, follow Football Friends page, which will be easy. It's just obviously uh, you'll click on us and just and click follow and then just put your answer in the comments below. Yeah. Um, and we will be putting all the names from both Twitter and Instagram into a random uh, random searcher to, to pick out a winner. Yep, and that's what we'll be doing that probably Friday afternoon. So we'll put up on our on our posts when the cutoff is. But the question is from the Tuesday night, Wednesday morning Australian time Champions League games, can you name the three ex Premier League players, ex Premier League players who scored overnight in those games? Ooh, that's a good one. Yep. Not a bad. We're not making it easy now. It's no. we're not just giving fifty dollars away here. You got to really, you know, do some. Oh well, you either know it off the top of your head. You're a, you're an absolute football nut, or you got to do a bit of digging um, and hit us up with the right answers. And yeah, look, the money's there to win. Thanks to our good friends again at Sportsbet <laughs> and the multi this week. We're going for a five legger. So I think last week was six. So we're going down a leg. Down to five legs, and we're going with the following. Uh, Fulham, Bournemouth. We're going over two and a half goals there. Obviously, Fulham can't defend, so <laughs> that yep, should help yeah, that. Fair play. <laughs> uh, going for Watford to – this is probably the most risky of the lot. Watford to beat Huddersfield. Um, say risky just because historically Watford are a bit of a up-and-down team, but they're at home this week to Huddersfield, so should be pretty confident with them. Um, pains me to say it, but I'm also going to put in Man City to get the win against Spurs. Um, they they have great record against Tottenham. Um, it's Guerra especially. So with no Vertonghen and and a few guys not Dali Ali and Dembele still out, I I can't see us being any match for them. Um, down in the lower leagues, we're going for Luton to beat Wimbledon. Done my research here, Sam. Don't you worry. Yeah. Big Luton oh, fan yeah, from way back. You've I've, always liked Luton. Always liked Luton. Caught a flight from Luton Airport once. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Great airport. <laughs> yeah. So I've gone them, and then we're uh, we're going to add a bit of an, an Aussie flavour to the multi this week, and we're going to have Winks, the Almighty Mayor, to win the Cox Plate. Yeah, and for, um, for those fans that are not used to uh, Australian horse racing, Winx has won, what, 26 races in a row or something? 20, 28 in a row, 28 in a row. Could be going for 29 or could have got 29 a couple of weeks ago. Going for a fourth Cox Plate in a row, um, which is a yeah, big event down here in the Spring Carnival. Mm. It's paying a dollar twenty to win, just put it in, in those sort of terms. And I think in English speak that's – Five to four, or whatever that, however they they do their fraction odds over there. It's um, 
That's basically a showing. Yeah, it's just adding a bit of value to the four football legs because this is the one. If this one lets us down, Sam, you were going to shave your head, aren't you? <laughs> Jeez, you really put me on the spot here. If, and if that particular part lets us down, I'll shave my head. Is that what your yeah, question we'll put, is? Yeah, we'll, what should we put on the line? We've got to put something on the line for, okay, for right. if, if wings, if, if only that leg lets us down wings, I will heads. shave my head and put it on our Instagram. Yeah, we will both shave our heads if Winks is the one leg out of the fight <laughs> to oh, let our geez. football friends down. Jeez, now that's putting a bit more pressure on Yeah, there. I was going to say, I, was, I didn't realise that was coming. Got a little excited there, didn't you? <laughs> Uh, all right, yeah. it sounds that oh, well, sounds good. We'll do that. Going to win anyway, so don't don't worry, Sam. We can we can sleep it easy at night. Yeah. Um, all right, mate. That's us. That's football friends for another week. Ah, it's been a good one, hasn't it? It has. I've enjoyed myself. I've enjoyed hearing about uh, Mourinho, the snot sleever, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and Jack Wilsh's uh, seven goals in the past ten years. <laughs> Got it in again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. Uh, until next week. All right. See you then.